0: You're listening to the St John's Dumb and Creek podcast. This episode presented by trainee youth minister Andy Fido. Hey, um, I'm Lockie. Barbara readings from page 903. Um, it's just in the chairs in front of you. Just while you're getting it, I'll just give you a bit of context. Um, Yeah, so um, Paul has been, yeah, going and doing mission work out in the world and he's come back and that's where the story starts. Um, Yeah, and it's written from the perspective of Luke. Um, So yeah, as it starts with when we arrived, uh, it's Luke writing, but he's talking about him with Paul. So yeah, it's chapter 21, we're starting at verse 17. When we arrived at Jerusalem, the brothers and sisters received us warmly. The next day, Paul and the rest of us went to see James, and all the elders were present. Paul greeted them and reported in detail what God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard this, they praised God. And then they said to Paul, "'You see, brother, how many thousands of Jews have believed, and all of this, and all of them are zealous for the law. They've been informed that you teach all the Jews who live among the Gentiles to, to turn away from Moses.' telling them not to circumcise their children or live according to our customs. What shall we do? They'll certainly hear that you've come. So do what we tell you. There are four men with us who have made a vow. Take these men and join in their purification rites, and pay their expenses so that they can have their heads shaved. Then everyone will know that there's no truth in these reports about you, but that you yourself are living in obedience to the law. And to the Gentile believers, we've written to them our decision that they should abstain from food, uh, sacrifice to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. The next day, Paul took the men and purified himself along with them. And then he went to the temple to give notice of the date when the days of purification would end and the offering would be made uh, for each of them. When the seven days were nearly over, the Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul at the temple, and they stirred up the whole crowd, and they seized him, shouting, Fellow Israelites, help us. This is the man who teaches everyone every, everywhere against our people and our law and this place. And besides, he's brought Greeks into the temple and defiled this holy place. They'd previously seen uh, Trimophis, the Ephesian, in the city with Paul and assumed that Paul was, uh, yeah, brought him into the temple. The whole city was aroused, and the people came running from all directions, seizing Paul, and they dragged him from the temple, and immediately the gates were shut. While they were trying to kill him, news reached the commander of the Roman troops that the whole city of Jerusalem was in an uproar. And he at once took some officers and soldiers, and he ran down to the crowd, and while the rioters saw the commander of his soldiers, they stopped beating Paul, and the commander came up and arrested him, him being Paul, and they ordered him uh, to be bound with two chains. And then he asked who he was and what he had done. And some in the crowd shouted one thing and some another. And since the commander could not get get at the truth because of the uproar, he ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. And when Paul reached the steps, uh, the violence of the mob was so great that he had to be carried by the soldiers. And the crowd that followed kept shouting, get rid of him.
1: Hey everyone, as it's been said a few times now, my name is Andy, um, and I am the trainee youth minister here at St. John's. So if you're a high school age student and I haven't met you before, I would really love to meet you after the service. Um, I get to help organise events like the big games night that's coming up and other stuff like our youth life group. So really love to meet you. So today we are kicking off a new series on the church on mission. Um, this is um, following on from uh, looking at the book of Acts the last few years. So if you're wondering why we started at these specific verses, thought that was a bit strange, that's why, uh, we're picking off this year where we um, left off last year. So I'm just going to pray before I start. Dear God, we thank you that you love us. Uh, we thank you that we get the opportunity to share that love with other people pray, God, that you would really be opening our hearts today to what you want to teach us. And I pray that you would also um, calm my nerves and really speak through me um, tonight. Amen. Alrighty, so because it's my first time doing a talk, I thought I'd let you know a little bit about me. So I um, have grown up and still live at Wycliffe Bible Translators National Center in Kangaroo Ground. Uh, And I live there because this is where my dad works. So what Wycliffe does is they translate the Bible into languages that don't yet have it. So as a kid, growing up, I would have lots of friends who um, had been living overseas and would come back to Australia on holiday. Friends who had been to Chad and Russia and Papua New Guinea and all sorts of really exciting places. So as a kid, that's really what I associated this word mission with. For me, mission was going somewhere really far away overseas, uh, being immersed in really different cultures to your own, and sometimes being in really dangerous situations to tell people about Jesus. Uh, Since then, I've grown up a little bit and I've uh, learnt for myself that uh, mission isn't just going to overseas places far away, but for all of us, it actually starts right here, right now, where God has us. Uh, So the mission that we have as followers of Jesus, what is that? That mission is to share the hope that we have in Jesus. Um, And that hope is good news. It's good news that starts with the fact that we have a God that loves us so much um, that he would do anything for us to be able to feel that love. Um, So he would send his son Jesus to come and die so that all that separates us from that love, all our sin could be taken away. And He didn't just die, He also rose to life again uh, so that we didn't have to feel guilty for what He's done and so that we too can also have eternal life. That good news means, means that we can be friends with our Creator and that we don't have to live in fear anymore of death. We're free from that. So that's a pretty great mission. So the book of Acts so far has been the early church sharing this mission uh, around the world. First, they shared this mission with the Jewish people. Uh, So the Jews were God's chosen people that had been set apart by God. They were waiting for the Messiah to come and save them, and Jesus fulfilled this prophecy when he came. So first, the good news was spread to the Jews, but then also to the Gentiles. So the Gentiles was a term um, that we hear a lot in the Bible, and it just means all people that were not Jewish. And um, the good news being sent to the Gentiles was that now they too could become children of God. Thousands of people were starting to follow Jesus. More and more people were getting added to the numbers every day. But just like when Jesus was around, there were still people that really hated what these Christians had to say. Um, there were people trying to stop this message from being spread out, the same people that um, killed Jesus. Jesus. So there was this one guy in particular, his name was Saul, and he absolutely hated Christians. He was quite a prominent Jewish leader. He was going around persecuting and killing them. Until something pretty crazy happened, he got stopped by the um, voice of Jesus himself who said, stop persecuting me, I actually want you to go out and share the good news of why I've come to the world. Uh, So this guy Paul does a complete... Well, his name's Saul at the moment, but he gets a new name, Paul, and he does a complete 180. He goes from creating really huge, big crowds of people to kill Christians, to in our reading today, coming back to Jerusalem where he started, and voluntarily entering into a place where there's going to be the same kind of crowds that he created, but now this time they want to kill him. I went over that turnaround that uh, Saul to Paul went through really quickly, but. Tim is going to share with us a bit more about that next week, so stay tuned and come back. Let's take a look at today's Bible reading. Let's have a think about um, what it might have to say to us about sharing our faith in school, at work, at home, or wherever else that God has us right now. There are three things that um, when I started looking at this passage that really stuck out to me as what I wanted to speak about today. So the first one is to encourage one another in sharing the good news about Jesus. The second is to choose to love people where they're at right now. And the last is that not everyone is going to accept this good news about Jesus. So I'd really encourage you to keep your Bibles open um, to today's reading because it's a pretty uh, long um, Bible reading and I'll be referencing it a few times. So It'll be helpful if you have it out in front of you. So the first thing I wanted to talk about is encouraging one another in the good news about Jesus. So in the reading today, we see that this is the first thing that Paul does. He comes and he shares with the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem the exciting stuff that God has been doing through him um, with the Gentiles. And then the Jewish Christians share with him the exciting things that have been happening for them, that thousands more people have decided to start following Jesus. I have a close friend who got the opportunity last year to share a bit about her faith in juvie, so in a youth prison. And before she got the chance to do that, she was pretty nervous. She was thinking, God, what could I possibly have to say to these people? I have such a different experience to them. Um, she felt that as she was preparing to do this talk at the prison, that the Holy Spirit really prevented her from being able to write any notes. So she said, God, you're going to have to really give me the words because I have no idea what I'm saying when I get there. Um, and God did, and she felt that the Holy Spirit guided her to be able to speak directly into these people's hearts. I found this story that she shared to me so encouraging because I thought if my friend could be that bold to go and share her faith in a prison, then I for sure could go tell people at uni about the faith that I have in Jesus. So it's pretty easy for us to get our head around. Um, Encouraging one another and sharing this good news is a great thing to do. But the second thing I want to talk about takes a bit more effort for us to do and that is choosing to love people where they're at. I read this thing once that really stuck out to me, and that was if you had just one hour to share the faith that you had in Jesus with someone, the best thing that you could do would be to spend 45 minutes just chatting to that person um, and asking them what they believed about God, and then spend the last 15 minutes telling them who Jesus is from that basis, from the background they already have. Paul was willing to go to great lengths to share Jesus. In each city on his travels, on his missionary journey, he really took the time to find out about the people there, to really meet them where they were at before he shared with them who Jesus was. In a place called Athens, um, he noticed that everyone was really into philosophy, so he became a philosopher so that he could connect to people on that level. In another place, he even encouraged one of his fellow missionaries, Timothy, to get circumcised so that they could access a really heavily Jewish area. Um, That's some pretty great commitment to sharing this good news. Each person that we share the good news about Jesus with is going to have their own history, beliefs, um, background, experiences, their own culture that is going to shape how they accept and want to hear what we have to say. If you look at verse 24 in today's reading, we see how Paul shows respect for the Jewish Christians by participating in their purification rites. Um, he does this so that he can keep peace with them and continue to share with them the hope that they now have in Jesus. Uh, these Jewish Christians were still in the process of figuring out how to follow this same God, but in a new way through Jesus. We then move on to verse 25, and it just really briefly mentions the Gentile Christians. They had become they had come from a completely different background to the Jews. They had not previously followed this God, but this was a completely new God for them. The Jewish Christians uh, gave them this list of things to abstain from, to stop doing, and these were things that. Um, were popular in a lot of the pagan religions and beliefs at the time. And these would have been a lot of the religions that these Gentile Christians had come from and now decided to stop following those gods and now following this one true God through Jesus. So by abstaining from these things, it meant that the Jewish and Gentile Christians could come together in unity as one church. Um, If you want to go to the next slide, John. That's what I was talking about there. And then the next one. Um, So... I just want to make something really clear. When I'm saying to love people where they're at, I'm not saying that means we should just start joining in with everything people are doing when we share them about Jesus. Paul and the Jewish Christians were accepting of the Gentile Christians into the church, but they weren't saying you can keep following your other gods as well and you can keep living your pagan lifestyles. Uh, last year I started uni, um, it's been really great, and I've made some really awesome friends there. And as part of building my relationship with these people, um, we have found out a lot more about people, about each other, people as them specifically. Um, in that time, they've asked me about what I believe and I've been able to share with them uh, my faith that I have in Jesus. And I've also got to learn about their background about God, heard what they know about God. For some of them, they've only ever heard about God at religion classes at schools, um, at their schools. For another one of my friends, she used to go to church when she was younger but isn't really her thing anymore. Um, but anyway, learning these things about them has really helped me to see how they view my faith and get a really good picture about how what they have learned previously shapes what they think my belief is. So this has been really cool, being able to love and meet my friends where they're at. Um, However, me choosing to love them where they're at doesn't mean that I now just start doing everything that they are doing. When I'm invited to their parties, I don't have to get seriously drunk and I don't have to start gossiping to just fit in with that part of their lives. Sometimes it can be difficult for us to know whether something is a cultural thing we should or shouldn't be doing to show that we love people. When this happens, I found that what Jesus says himself is a really good place to start. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with your, all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. If I chose to drink heaps and heaps and get drunk at these parties, then I wouldn't be loving God very well, uh, because in His Bible it warns us against drunkenness. And also if I, um, drink, let's be altering my ability to choose Him and for Him to guide my actions and my thoughts. If I started gossiping about people, that wouldn't be very loving to my neighbour, would it? I have a couple other examples. Last year, another one of my friends got the opportunity to go to Peru as part of an outreach for a Christian uh, training course she was doing part of that outreach was visiting and encouraging some of the local churches there. And she found out really quickly that um, dance is a really huge part of Peruvian culture, so much so that when they're having a church service like we're having today, um, there'd actually be someone up the front who had made a choreographed dance that everyone else in the service would join in and do. And um, this made my friend really uncomfortable. She was like, this is a bit strange. Like, is it that should we be choreographed dance to worship God? Um, But she found that God really challenged her heart in that. And by the end of her time there, her and the group of people that um, she was with got the opportunity to lead a service for the Peruvian people there. And they were like, you know what? Let's choreograph a dance. Um, So they did that. It was really cool because they showed them that they loved and respected them, even though they didn't actually understand fully the way that they chose to worship God. In contrast, another one of my friend's dad also works for Wycliffe, like my dad, um, and he's been able to spend quite a bit of time in the Northern Territory uh, visiting communities there and building relationships. She told me that in one of the places that he visited, some of the elders there invited him to participate in this special um, ritual of walking around this particular tree. Um, And they said to my friend's dad that if he walked around this tree, the um, the spirits would give him good health. And my friend's dad um, decided that this wasn't something he wanted to do because as a follower of Jesus, he didn't want to invite any other spirits into his life. He only wanted the Holy Spirit um, to give him good health. So it had been quite a privilege that he'd been invited to participate in this thing, but he trusted that God would give him the right words to be able to say to the people why he couldn't do it and also be able to help him to rebuild any damage that that had done to their relationship. So, um, as you can see, uh, understanding people's cultural differences and choosing to love people where they're at can be really challenging and confusing sometimes. Sometimes, The early church grappled with this a lot and they definitely didn't always get it right. But they were really persistent because they wanted as many people as possible to get the opportunity to hear this good news about Jesus. So I want you to have a think. Uh, How can you be better loving the people in your life where they're at right now? Uh, Where has God placed you to speak to people or to love people that don't yet know Jesus? So later on the service, Kirk is going to jump up. Um, He's one of our ministers here, and he's going to talk to us about a map that you might have seen in the foyer when you're having dinner as you walked in. And this is a big map of um, Melbourne. And the idea is that over this four weeks that we're doing this series on mission, we're going to pin up where we live and where we work so that we can get a really cool image as a church to see where God has actually put us right now to be able to share his good news. The last thing I want you to think about today is that not everyone is going to accept the good news about Jesus. And I know that this isn't exactly the nicest thing for me to end on, but I think it's a really important thing for us to think about when sharing the good news. Don't know if you've noticed, but being a Christian isn't exactly the coolest thing to be. Uh, Often we're made to look pretty dumb in the media, used as a cheap joke in comedy, People will often just assume they know what we think about something um, and might even be made fun of. But more than just being uncool, for some people, being a Christian means that they'll be mocked and ridiculed, no longer accepted by their family, and in some places in the world, like Paul, they'll be persecuted and killed. The remainder of this reading from verse 27 onwards, if you want to have a look we see that there are Jewish people that are really stirring up the crowds and there's a huge mob that is starting to get at Paul. Just like Jesus was, Paul is being persecuted for sharing the truth. And this truth is pretty confronting. For the Jewish people, it meant accepting that through Jesus, all people, Jew or otherwise, could be made children of God. And this is pretty hard for them to hear because uh, for a long time, they had been God's chosen people set apart. But now anyone who put their trust in Jesus and asked for forgiveness could become children of God. So similarly, uh, when we're telling people about Jesus, it's good for us to think what might be confronting to them about the news we have to share. Often people are scared scared of gaining new information if it means they might have to change the way they live just like we as followers of Jesus have to change our attitude towards things when we've chosen to follow him. Um, That life isn't just about me or it's not just about you anymore, that actually we should be putting God and other people first. That we're not going to idolise money over God. That we're going to view sex differently to how the world views it. That we're not going to strive to just be a good person to get into heaven, but that we know that it's only through Jesus that we'll get there. And that's just a start to the things that we might have to think um, and change our attitude about. These things are challenging. Often when we feel challenged or offended, our first response is to get defensive or angry and actually attack. But let's remember what our mission is. Our mission is to share with other people the hope that we have in Jesus. Hope that means that they can be friends with their creator, um, they can be free from sin, that they can have eternal life, um, and so much more. And that that is good news, that it's not just for me, but it's for everyone. So it's okay if people get offended, but not because you've been rude or hurtful and haven't tried to understand where they're coming from first. Um, but because the message we have to share changes everything. So let that message be what offends people, not you, the messenger. Also, people might not like what you have to say about Jesus just because that's the popular thing to do. Not necessarily because they've taken the time to have a think and decide how they feel about what you're sharing. At the end of the reading, there is an absolutely huge mob of people getting at Paul. Paul. In verse 34, if you want to take a look, the Roman soldiers are trying to figure out what Paul has done to cause such an uproar. But no one can tell them. Some people are yelling one thing and some people are shouting another. If you're a Facebook user, chances are you've come across a heated discussion in the comment section of a post before. Uh, occasionally, you get really nice, well-thought-out discussions, but more often than not, someone will say something that offends another person, and it just blows up. Suddenly, you have people that don't even know each other commenting and attacking other people's posts. It just gets more angrier and angrier, and eventually, someone usually gets accused of being like Hitler, and it's just blown way out of proportion. Just like the crowd that was getting at Paul, not everyone would have taken the time to actually understand what he was saying. Some people would have just seen that other people were angry and jumped on board. Just before I finish, I wanted to acknowledge that uh, some of you here today may not have made the decision yet to follow Jesus. You might be questioning this whole Jesus thing, not ready to commit to him, let alone start sharing the good news with other people. So I'd really encourage you to lean in, to be asking people in your life that know Jesus' questions, be asking God. Because if this man, Paul, went from um, hating and killing Christians to now doing absolutely everything he could to tell as many people about Jesus, I think something pretty crazy is going on. If you are a follower of Jesus, this week... Remember to be encouraging each other and sharing this good news. We're in this mission together. Choose to love people where they're at right now and remember that not everyone is going to accept the good news you have to share. Remember this as you ask God to show you where you fit into his mission. Uh, something that's really helped me in stepping out and telling people about my faith is remembering that it's okay for me to not know everything, that actually through telling people about Jesus, I've actually grown in my understanding of him and really strengthened my own faith. As I've seen that this truth that has transformed my life also has um, transformative powers for everyone else. So I'm just going to pray as I finish. Dear God, we thank you again for how you love us. Thank you so much that you invite us to be part of this mission, the most exciting mission ever, telling people that they can um, know the God that created them, that they're loved by him. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for that, God. Pray that you would be with us this week and help us to be more bold in sharing you with people. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek. If you have any questions about this podcast, send us an email, questions at stjohnsdc.org.au.